This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. A story to tell. This is Pulse 95 live at the International Government Communication Forum. Oh, we were catching some feels in the break just then <laughs> and uh, so excited to be joined by our next guest. Uh, he is a clinician, a researcher, author, inventor, journalist, a media personality, and he is the Poet Laureate of Health Promotion, recognized around the world for his passionate work in helping people live longer and healthier lives. But I think uh, my favorite thing about him is the name of his book, The Truth About Food. Why pandas eat bamboo and people get bamboozled. <laughs> Dr. David Katz, welcome to Pulse 95 Live. Thank you very much. Great to be here. But I can't sing like Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and besides, I think my mother wrote all of that. <laughs> oh, we love it. Uh, you, David, um, you know, this is so amazing because we talk about food all the time. We talk about diets all the time. You are somebody who, you know, has worked in this field for so long. Uh, talking about, you know, why is it that we have all this information right now about what to eat, how to eat it, what to do, how to exercise, and yet we still have, uh, you know, obesity epidemics, we still have diabetes, we still have all of these diseases, heart disease, and so on and so forth. What's going on? What are we missing here? Yeah, and, and that's part of what's in the title of the book. Uh, why people get bamboozled. So yes, we we have all this information, but I think we have too much, right? Yeah. And and a lot of it's wrong. So you know, <laughs> information only leads to knowledge, which leads to power if the information yeah. is right. Yes. So we're overfed food, and we're overfed food for thought. And there are all these competing theories, and you know, essentially, if, if you don't like what is true about eating well, just wait a minute and there'll be some new book and some new claim and some yeah. new gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, people have the impression that, okay, no two nutrition experts agree about anything. Mm. And, 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 <laughs> what, and what they, uh, it, we don't know who they are, but mm. what they say about diet changes every five minutes. So, it really you know, does. Right. Yeah. And, and actually it doesn't. So that, that's the thing. So, so, you know, yes, you can cash in. You know, you, you, you can offer people... The, the moon and the stars, you can tell people you can lose 30 pounds in 12 minutes just by my lotion, my potion, my program, my, my, my quick fix diet book. And, and as long as we are that gullible, and sorry people listening, but you know, that's, we, we have to own that. It, as long as we're mm. that gullible, we're that silly, uh, that you know, we're willing to believe things that, are, that sound too good to be true, there are going to be people willing to sell them to us. Yeah. That's really all that's going on here. And, and so let me quickly tell you the truth about yeah. food. Yes, please. If, if you mostly eat vegetables and fruits, whole grains, beans, lentils, chickpeas, uh -huh. nuts and seeds, and if when you're thirsty you mostly drink plain water, you're right. You're getting it right. That's it. I mean, you know, you can eat a, a bit of this and that, all the other things, but you know, if mostly your diet is made up of whole plant foods, lots of fruits, lots of salads. Uh, lots of minimally processed foods. Yes, there's water right in front of us. Too, yeah. much, too much plastic, but the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right? We have to work. Plastic can be our next topic. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big Shame on us. World. But actually, that's another important point, right? We, we love this planet. Mm -hmm. At least you ought to love this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't, there is no planet B, so you better love this planet. This is it. And, and eating well for our own health and eating well for the sake of the planet it's really much the same. So, you know, shifting to a diet of minimally processed foods, mostly plants, so much better for your health, so much better for the health of the planet. It's so simple. 
So how do we make it so complicated? Well, we, we really are misusing science. People will find a study that says what they want to say and quote that study and ignore the fact that there are 10,000 studies that say something else, right? And as long as we play the game that way, and as long as we, the public, are so gullible that we'll believe anything we hear on any given day, or we think any new study comes along and changes everything we knew up until yesterday yeah. morning, uh, we are going to remain confused. And that, that's, by the yeah. way, that's why I talk about the, uh, the pandas. Every species of wild animal on the planet knows what to eat. And, and we once knew what to eat. Before we invented science, we knew what to eat. We, we ate traditionally. We, we yeah. ate the foods of our parents and grandparents, and they ate the foods of their grandparents, and it was real food, right? So it wasn't processed. Right. It, it was much less processed. We, we over-processed food. Now, ultra-processed food is made from the same three, four, five ingredients mm. reshuffled again and again and again. Mm-mm. Concentrated calories, sugar we don't no. need, salt we don't need. Do- oh. Doctor, I have a question. Yeah. For me, I'm, uh, I'm huge into coffee. Is coffee good or is it not? Because <laughs> every time, it's literally like 50-50. One day people are like, no, this is One bad day for you. One it's going to cure heart disease. And then, and then the other day they're like, no, it's not good for you. And, like- and so, Omar, it's a good question. And, you know, the, the thing is that we, we often want, and, you know, we're talking about coffee, which is black, but we often want our nutrition answers black and white, it's good or it's bad. So, so there's a little bit of subtlety in the mix. In general, yes, coffee is good for your health. You can overdo it. Caffeine is a stimulant. If you overconsume coffee more than about four cups a day, you're probably getting an excess of caffeine. That, okay. can, that can irritate the esophagus. It can create heartburn. It can keep you up at night. It can cause insomnia. It can stimulate the heart. And, and so there can be issues with it. But if you're healthy to begin with, if you don't have a heart problem, if you don't have high blood pressure, if you sleep well at night, do you sleep well no. at night, Omar? No, yeah, I do. do. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> um, up to about four cups a day is fine. Now, there, But even then, there are more issues. And, and by the way, the truth about food, my, my latest book, is 750 pages long. Oof. And, oh, and, it, and, and the But re- you made it sound really simple. Well, so that's the, yeah. exactly. So the truth about food is really simple, but all these detailed questions, what about coffee? There are a lot of details. So filter coffee, where you actually create the coffee by running yes. water through a filter, yeah. filters out some compounds in coffee that actually increase inflammation in the body, elevate blood cholesterol. If you do press coffee, like the French yes. press right. coffee where there's no filter involved, yeah. those compounds are not filtered out, and the coffee has a very different effect. So You not, need to have filtered coffee. Well, it, it's better for the heart. Right. To have filtered ah. coffee. Filtered, ah. fil- so filtered coffee actually preserves all of the antioxidants in coffee that are good for us, filters out some compounds that are slightly toxic. Interesting. Yeah. This is when I have those specialty coffee places. Exactly. Because I, I go to a lot of places where they, they have this. It's handcrafted they have the different techniques they there's something called like v60 there's french press or aeropress or whatever and yeah. it, it, it looks like a chemical lab when they're making yeah, the coffee for right, you right now i have to say uh i love french press coffee but it's a treat i usually i only have it in france or when i travel at home every day i'm drinking filtered coffee so you know if, if you're thinking about this is something i'm going to do every day and is it good for me yes coffee up to about four cups a day is good for you okay but but use the drip filter coffee as a special treat once in a while to have French press coffee just because you love it, I think that's fine. No, no, I, yeah, I, I love it. Fun. I mean, I'm so but, happy today. But, I you know, this is, this, so this is why the book is so long, because really the fundamental truths about the dietary pattern, what's good for us, really, really simple. Could be one line. In fact, the, the famous nutrition writer, Michael Pollan, yes. got it down to seven words. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, 
you know, it's vital. We t- we're, we're hearing more and more about plant-based diets, you know, and making sure that we do reduce our meat consumption as well. Why is it, from your in your opinion, Dr. David, you know, that we do need to reduce our meat consumption because it's, it's the two go hand in hand? I think there are three reasons. Mm. Um, one is ethics because there are 8 billion of us on the planet now, right? 8 billion hungry homo sapiens. So it's not as if we're going to get meat from hunting with a bow and arrow. If we get meat in a modern world, we get meat from mass producing it, and that means factory farming, and that means real cruelty. Real cruelty to cows, real cruelty to pigs. And, you know, a lot of people have a pet that they love. They have a dog or they have a cat, and uh, the evidence is that pigs are as intelligent and have the same kind of emotions as the family pet. So I think we have to be concerned with the ethics of, of raising animals that never get to walk in a field, never get to eat their native diet, never get to move around and exercise, and then we slaughter them. So ethics would be the first consideration. The second would be the environmental impact. It takes, and and in this part of the world, uh, maybe nothing is more precious than water, right? Well, it takes massively more water, massively more water to produce beef to eat because you have to feed those cows and those steers grains or grasses that you have to grow using water and it's a relatively inefficient process it takes massively more water to produce the beef than to just eat the grains and eat the plants ourselves yeah so mm. we're, we're we're essentially wasting a lot of water yes uh there are many other environmental impacts uh cattle emit greenhouse gases so they're contributing mm-hmm. massively to climate change and then the third is that Human beings are healthier when we eat mostly plants. So if you look across the three main areas of consideration, personal and public health, is it better for us to eat plants than meat? Yes. You could eat some meat and still have an optimal diet, but not a lot. Is it better for the planet? Unquestionably, yes. And is it kinder and gentler to our fellow creatures? Yes. So when you look across all three considerations, it's a very strong argument to really place the emphasis on plants in your diet. You know, one of, um, I've been watching a few videos that kind of in preparation for the interview today, and one of the, the ones that really struck me that I loved was the one where you talk about kids need recess, not Ritalin. <laughs> and this goes back to, you've got five oh, you, kids. You, you've done your homework. <laughs> you've I'm got impressed. five kids. You've got four girls, and your youngest is a boy. So tell us about the story that kind of triggered that I love this so much. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. Yeah, so we, we actually developed a program called ABC for Fitness. Mm. And, of course, ABC is a play on the alphabet because the idea was you would put this program in schools where kids are learning the alphabet and learning to read. But ABC stands for Activity Bursts in the Classroom. And so the idea was, you know, rather than have just one hour of physical education or recess during the day, that teachers could actually break up every class with five minutes of physical activity, do them in short bursts. And, and so the inspiration was my son. He's the youngest of my five children. Now, by the way, my, my son is now uh, almost 20 years old. Oh, wow. Six, <laughs> six foot two wow. and wow. full of muscle. But at the time, when he was a little guy, uh, you know, he was a very kinetic little boy. You know, the kind of kid who just couldn't sit still, always fidgeting. Like most up all- kids. Yes. So on one occasion, uh, my wife and, and several of my children attended a talk that I was giving. They, it was a trip we took in the United States, and I, I was giving a talk to a big audience in an auditorium. My son was fidgeting around so much 
and and tormenting his mother so much <laughs> that eventually I interrupted the talk and said, folks, excuse me, but I have to deal with my son. And what I told him to do was to get up and run a lap around the entire auditorium, which he did. He ran up the stairs, out the door, along the corridor, in the other door, down the stairs. And, I, and when he got back to his seat, I thought he was going to sit down, but he didn't. He waved and took off to do another lap. And when he came around at the <laughs> end, you. I can I, imagine you doing it yes. now, now, right now. That's <laughs> yeah, a good. Well, particularly after all that, all that <laughs> coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when he got back at the end of lap two, again he didn't sit down. He just kept going, and a few kids got up and took off after him. And each time they came around, more kids got up, and so we wound up having 35 kids Everybody running. Everybody just kept yeah. going. And and so you know, instead of that disrupting the talk, you know, I, I watched it happen. I laughed, and I and then I said to the audience, so you know, these kids are telling us something. We take naturally rambunctious children, send them to schools, and bolt them to chairs all day long so they can grow up to become adults we can't get off couches with crowbars. And then, when they don't act right, we call it a disease and give them medication. Oh, I love that. Rambunctiousness, so really. Yeah, I'm ram- but you. rambunctiousness is not a disease, right? So the, the, the proper remedy for rambunctiousness in children is recess, not Ritalin. And so we developed this program to help kids get physical activity throughout the school day. And don't you think that actually, you know, this is not just something for kids. We need this Uh, as adults uh, every single day. Absolutely. And actually, we developed a program for that, too, called ABE, uh, Activity Burst for Everyone. And, And so, yes, absolutely. We get too little physical activity. Uh, and, and, you know, people are constantly looking for the next big thing yes. for cognition, right? To, to think better, to be more productive. The next big thing is to get up once an hour and stretch and do calisthenics or isometrics or go for a walk for five minutes. That is the next big thing. It's just that it's, it's not new. It's not really gimmicky. And it's free. Get up and move. It's free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're always looking for sort of the new shiny thing. But it, it really is these simple things that are the cornerstones of health. Be physically active. Every chance you get throughout the day, every day, make physical activity something you embrace. You know, it's interesting because people often lament the idea that you have to exercise. But, but think about, you know, what if I said to you, okay, uh, I, can, I can offer you something. You'll never have to exercise again, but you won't be able to get out of a wheelchair. I just want to take your legs away from you. Right? What, do you, what do you need them for? Uh, you wouldn't let me take your legs away. Nobody, nobody wants to be consigned to a wheelchair. And yet those of us who have perfectly intact legs... We're not using feel, them. We still feel sorry for ourselves about using them. No, no, listen. It's a blessing. You can jump. You can run. You can move. You can dance. It's a blessing. Count your blessings. You want to count your steps with a pedometer? Fine. But count your blessings that, that you've got all these parts that will work for you and mm-hmm. help make you vital. So, you know, I, I think we have to celebrate the opportunity to be physically active. We have to celebrate the opportunity to move. It's a native animal vitality that we have, and we squander it. But the reality is, and, and this is really my role on the panel here today, my panel's about happiness. We just and had your, uh, your you colleague, had Mike, Mike. He I was know. just on before well, you. Yeah. I, yeah, so he's the real expert in happiness. But what, what I can say is that other things being equal, healthy people have more fun. And, and so, you know, the reason to be physically active is not because a doctor like me is wagging my finger at you and saying you should. No, it's because healthy people have more fun. The, the role of health in our lives is to service fulfillment, to service gratification, to make our lives better. Health is not the prize, right? And if health didn't make your life better, who would care? Health makes your life better. So the reason to be active is to get to health, to have a better life, more years in life, more life in years. So yes, adults need that too. And it's not new and shiny. 
But being physically active, eating a healthy diet, avoiding tobacco, that's a big one here in the UAE, right? Avoiding yes. tobacco, those three things, those three things could reduce the lifetime risk of ever getting any major chronic disease, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, dementia by 80%. And, and so, you know, that, that means that's the most powerful medicine there is for you and for the people you love. Dr. David Katz, we could talk to you for hours. This is so great. And you're, you mean we're not going to do this? <laughs> well, your session is about to go. You're about to be on the stage. Oh, yeah. So okay. everyone uh, who's about to come and see you should be very excited. We've got Mike on the panel. We've got De Dr. David Katz dropping amazing, amazing truths uh, and inspiration as well for us to be happier, celebrating, as you say, being active, Having fun. He, this guy is the king of having fun. <laughs> is it? Yeah, he, looks he like, really I'm is. Always, like a fun guy. I'm right? like, uh, Which is why he's always, always happy. Coffee and happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love thank my coffee. Thank you so oh much. Oh, this has been great. Thanks we can't, so much we can't for wait to, me, to read David. your book as well. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. My mother enjoy sends Sharjah. her regards. Oh, yes, yes. Please say hello to your family as well. Yeah, now put some good music back on. It's called The Truth About Food. Why Pandas Eat Bamboo and People Get Bamboozled. Thank you so much. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. A story to tell.